complete no uh okay uh so rattled okay today with us we have the beautiful the talented the icon of headband wearing singer of the great vancouver band black pontiac matthew percocet hey how you doing ken good first of all matt reparations for the descendants of slaves yay or nay yay okay i expected that to be okay take it yeah, so, um, welcome everybody, uh, what you just heard was some lovely tunes, uh, it was not the Red Hot Chili Peppers, no, it was not, it's a common misconception, <laughs> common misconception, um, but yeah, so, uh, we have a special guest, and we're gonna talk about some tunes, we're gonna talk about dementia, and we're gonna talk about a bunch of other stuff that, uh, Ken will inevitably lead us through. So, cool. your band is awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. We'll, we'll play some stuff from them throughout the app, maybe, or something like that. Commercial break. Yeah, some commercial break <laughs> for some Black Pontiac. Um, yeah, how did, when did you guys start? How did that, how did that come to be? So, we've been a band for about two years, and um, I think, you know what it, the exact moment when I was like, this is it. I want to be in a band. This is going to like happen for me was when I saw Peach Pit live for the first time, maybe like at the Kingfisher Blues Christmas party, like three years ago, maybe. And then I was like, wow, like if this guy from STA from my <laughs> high school can yeah. do that. Like I can do that. Right. Like, yeah. And then we, we played with them at the Kingfisher Blues Christmas party the next year which I thought was really cool. Oh, that's like and, symbolic. Yeah, yeah. Or some some shit like that. <clears throat> that's sick. So, are you a big Peach Pit fan? I am. I'm obsessed with Peach Pit. Nice. I got, like that that article where they're um, you know, on the Georgia Strait, cut that shit out. That's like on my wall now really? in my room. Aww. Oh yeah. I love the sincerity. That's I, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Really sincere, yeah. And like their new song that just came out, like I'm like, wow, like it's just so good. I was like, oh, I was listening to it. I got off work on Friday. It was nice out. And, oh. We'll link that song in the, um, in the podcast. It was a moment. Too. I don't even think I've listened to it yet. Black Licorice. Black Licorice. Yeah, yeah. Black Pontiac. Black <laughs> So what's behind the name for Black Pontiac? So, um, you know, we, when me and Mac got together, it was kind of just the two of us to start. And then we got his brother. And um, uh, Matthew Bowdoin on the bass, uh, he was the first bassist. There were there were many, as Ken knows, um, <laughs> including Ken, right? Including <laughs> Ken, yes. Um, but we had basically this whole kind of Google Doc two-page long thing of names, and we were the first name that we came up with was Black Pontiac because Mac drives a or he drove, excuse me, uh, like a two thousand three like Pontiac Sunfire. 
like some dinky little thing, you know, that we used to ride around in. Um, and we were like, nah, come on, we can do better than that. And then I guess didn't. we couldn't. So then we, yeah, we were like, yeah, I, I it. like it. It's like a good sound, you know? Yeah, Black Pontiac. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, I, I remember I, uh, one of your songs came on in my car once when I was driving my mom and she saw the name Black Pontiac and she's like, I th- I drove a Black Pontiac. Yeah, so, so it's related. very relatable. Very, yeah, very yeah. Very Honda relatable. Civic, the we're name the, of my new project. We're the people's band, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I feel like they should pay you for like, because you use like Pontiac. As Pontiac. Like free, well, free I, was, I was wondering if that was going to be a legal issue later down the road. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's something I thought about but i don't think pontiac makes cars anymore oh, really like yeah no i don't think they discontinued them intellectual property laws are like fascist <laughs> and like <laughs> we the plan was to just like if it ever actually came to that we just mean it refers to like the pontiac river or something we're like oh, <laughs> getting like racial yeah, trouble you have, you have like a, where's the pontiac this, river it's a exactly. statement about like pollution or something <laughs> like, ah, there we go we gotta get to spin it <laughs> that's good that's that's impressive i um i i find it really when i chose my i i was in my first year of college and i was like really obsessed with like clean eating mm. like i but like in a really like shitty way you know like in an uninformed kind of like is this like the apple diet thing no but that no. i did talk about that yeah i did go on a kind of i did my research i did a ton of stupid diets no this i would just i eat more now but yeah. I, I just have like a smoothie day or whatever and but then I would still like go out every weekend and like party so my friends were like this is like kind of ironic that you're like very preachy about like eating clean but then (laughs) you don't get lit on Friday nights so I was joking about like like I just came up with the most extreme example possible like classic um, juxtaposition yeah yeah and then I thought and then it just kind of stuck that's kind of an issue There's yeah something kind of punk about that i kind of dig even like, parent would be terrifying I holy know, shit i know yeah i think it'd be it'd be fun though it'd be fun i think so if you have money oh, <laughs> if you okay. make over one hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars a year then, it's yeah, fun but if you don't have money then if you if you can make a lot of money without working too much yeah. then you like that well, could that's be kind of the, that's the, yeah that's i the guess big that's thing, the crux yeah. yeah there's like five people that are like in an ideal situation actually. yeah <laughs> yeah it's doable though um yeah i feel like i always thought like okay it would be cool to have a kid like part-time a part-time child yeah <laughs> share it with the part-time race time get a yeah. plan, like, you pass yeah. it around like takes a village yeah but you know like communal living it makes me think of like plato's stuff where he talks about like the community raising the child instead of like the family and i always like was kind of a pe- like i found that appealing yeah. just because it's like then you don't make it like your whole life, but you have that aspect of your life that's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I guess then you could also just mentor a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I always thought that was kind of cool. Like instead of it being like constant, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're a new mother, it's just all the time. Do kids ever, well, yeah, I don't have to do that, but do kids ever like reject their mentors? <laughs> like I'm picturing some super sweet soy boy like trying to help some troubled kid who's like way tougher than they are, and and then they just reject I'm sure them that utterly. All the That'd time. be so sad. I mean, as, well, I mean, as someone who works with kids, oh, like, you, oh, right. What do you do? 
So, I mean, I I do a after school care program like maybe once a week now. I I used to do it more, mm-hmm. but kind of just different programs. Is this at UBC or this is at uh, Karen Magnuson? Okay, okay. Right, right. You did like summer camps. Did I you? train there. I do. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Which, at Karen Magnuson? Sometimes, yeah. I go back and forth between there and Delbrook. Oh, okay. Can I also just say that, like, the difference in the facilities between Delbrook and Karen... It's like night and day. Yeah. It's insane. Like, I'm just like, oh... Karen Magnuson at night is depressing. Like, the gym. Yeah. I I usually go to KM if I'm doing, like, cardio. I'm just depressed. Yeah. Um, And then I go to Delbrook if I need, like, more extensive lifting stuff. But But what were you saying about kids? No, but, like... You can tell what kind of parents the kid has, mm-hmm. you know, just by the way that they conduct themselves mm-hmm. with you as a leader or with other, um, with other kids too. Yeah. Right. And because I'm only with them for a certain number of hours a day, there's only so much that I can do. Yeah. Right? And, the, you know, you can talk with the parents about the kid's behavior if, if something's happening, but also like, you know, there's, there's only so much you can do because I, I feel like recently too, there's this thing where, um, parents or new parents just, they just like worship their kid. They like don't their stand kids. up to them. Yeah. That's what I, I see. Like they, they, they think that their kid is like the greatest <laughs> fucking thing ever and that they can do no wrong. I know. I like can't relate to that at all. No. Like I, I not that like yeah, my no. parents are great, but like they're very like they had expectations, you know. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, like you need to like do well at this, like you need to like it. It was never like you can't do anything wrong. Oh wow! And now really? it's like like they, like they, it was always like yes, you can do things wrong. And, oh yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which also like original I think, sin is right around the corner. Either way, like. If you go too far in that direction, then it's like then you make your kid need to seek validation all the time and through other means. Like I felt mm. like I needed to be validated by like older authoritative figures too much, but like I think yeah, I've noticed that too. Where it's like there's like a sort of worshiping. Of, of I I guess maybe that's like a a new thing with, with my, parents, yeah. like millennial parents, where it's yeah. like like oh like. You're so cute. Like, yeah, maybe it's something like that. I, I don't really know. Also, my parents kiss their kids on the mouth. Well, Tom Did Brady. Tongue action? Tom... Oh, does he do that? What? Did it tongue action? Does he does he kiss kids on but the with mouth? The, with the tongue? I don't know. But, like, you ever <laughs> see those videos where he kisses his son on the mouth? It's nasty. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. I, I, I might have done that with my parents when I was really, really young. Like, <laughs> really, really young. But, like... How did that make you? <laughs> I feel like I would have done it. No, and I, I felt weird about it. No, I didn't. I didn't. It was just yeah. I was young enough. Maybe I was like four or something. Oh, okay. I was young yeah. enough. I was like whatever. Yeah, like, it's chill. Yeah. When you're when you're young, it's like everything is normal. Yeah, you're yeah, discovering you like boundaries. Everything. Yeah. But I always had like weird feelings about things. Like yeah. one time I licked oh, yeah. my dad. He was so <laughs> upset. Were you, were you special, Ken? Were you special? You didn't see those boundaries. No, 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 I felt I saw too many boundaries. Oh, you saw too many boundaries. I think if I had to pick one, I wasn't going for either narrative, but I just, yeah, like, like I think I remember kissing one of my parents in the mouth thinking that was kind of weird, being, I, like, oh, seven, yeah. like, mm. I I used to hate being kissed, like, in any capacity. Yeah. I would just hate, like, affection, like, in, yeah. in that, like, I liked verbal affection, like, okay. I liked being validated, but I mm-hmm. didn't like, 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 smothering, you know, like, that really, like made me go like oh yeah. I didn't like it okay um, 
but I know some people. Apparently, kids need that, though. You know, it's weird. I I still have a thing where like I am so uncomfortable with it, but I f- I feel like I need it in a cerebral way. So I'm like mm. holding still and clenching, <laughs> like affection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm like you know humans really need physical affection, but it's so like unnatural to me. Yeah, I feel you. But, I see. Because sometimes I think what makes it feel weird is when it's sudden. <laughs> yeah. Like, then you're like, oh. But yeah, kids do really weird things. I I have this memory from preschool that I'll, like, never forget, where, like, this girl and I tied another guy to a pole. Mm. Dude, I swear, <laughs> young the youngest people are, like, it's so like peripherally aware of, like, BDSM shit. Well, it was, like, yeah, it was really strange. <laughs> but this, is that, like, an internet thing? This like, is, like, one of our No, this is a real-life thing. No, no, no. School, sorry, but, sorry. Continue. No, it was just weird because then, like, throughout elementary school, like, we would always talk about it with it. Like, we all went to the same elementary school. Yeah. And then we'd always talk about how we tied him to a pole in preschool. Like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, like, I'm like, I always think about that. Like, we used to play a game called Stack Up. Do you remember those, like, uh, that was fucking funny. Um... You remember those, like, how you didn't go, where did you go to, you didn't go to Holy Trinity? I went to St. Edmunds. So we had this, like, thing where you'd, like, slide down with your legs open. <laughs> so it was, like, we'll leave a, maybe an image oh. in the description, but it was, like, these two poles <laughs> that were, like, this, in, like, this, and they would go, like, a slide, but it was just, you had to, like, we, I don't know what they were actually for, but we would, okay, so I'd stand at the bottom, okay, so and I'd, kind of standing up and demonstrating I'd lock, it. I'd lock my legs in, and I'd, like, go like this, okay. and then, like, everyone would slide down, <laughs> and then we'd have, like, 19 people, like, groaning, like, with their legs open against each other, and Miss Barry, one of our teachers, was, like, like, I think she thought if she acknowledged the sexual element, it would become reality. So she was like, mm, "This is weird as fuck." Oh, that was so funny those days. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow, that's, that's this is why it was cool. intense. Bring back Freud. Yeah. Wild. Do you remember that that yeah, game? I Did... remember it very clearly. Oh, I was so into that shit. We used to do a lot of role playing too. Who? And like just. Our... Well, there was house. Yeah, we played house, but it was really elaborate. Like. There was like relationships, like affairs. This guy like role played committing suicide. Multiple. <laughs> so, that was like okay. his go-to to make it interesting. Yeah, like, like he wow. would jump from like the slide down and like, killing myself. <laughs> Jesus. Um, All this shit starts young. Yeah, and like yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to do like a psychological kind of analysis because we were like seven. Yeah. You know, like and so it's, it's very kids are strange. I mean, if you work with them, I'm sure you. You see it, like, firsthand, but... You, you see how much that... Th- this is the point I was trying to make earlier, how much kids learn from the internet. Oh, I'm oh scared. Oh, my God. Just through, like, um... I'm scared. The internet fucked me up. Through, like... E- oh, the kids are so young now, and they're exposed to, like, everything. It's mostly Fortnite, and which is harmless, mm-hmm. but... But not. Well, I don't even know what the premise of Fortnite is. I just know, like, kids love it. It's, it's just like a shooting game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a weirdly cartoon shooting game. It's, it's really popular. But, but keep going. Sorry. Well, I'm saying like, I mean, this was a thing when I was young too. But you know, the thing was always it's always something, right? That the kids are on about. When I was that age, it was like Call of Duty. Yeah. And now it's Fortnite. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying now they're like, you know, everybody's looking at memes and shit. Yeah. And like it's the BDSM thing. How do you think like your kids younger and younger kind of. 
are like being awakened to shit they shouldn't. Or yeah. Something. I don't mean to be a prude. Maybe that's no, like, no, 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 no. But like, no, yeah. Like it's like shit like that. You mm-hmm. just have. There's no control over that. Parents have no control. Still, over I thought this generation would be like going forward. It might be different because I was a generation where I had an iPod Touch at like twelve. Yeah. With like unlimited internet access, my parents didn't know that because mm. they're like boomers, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you can watch YouTube in bed. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I am, I am free here, and uh, that was not good for me. No. Well, same here, right? It's like, um. What am I trying to say here? I don't know. There's just not really. Are we any... talking about porn? Porn fucks me up. Well, yeah. there's there's porn. Yeah. I I think like something that kind of scares me about like porn culture is like that's a lot of guys' first exposure to sex is like through these like fantasies and yeah. porn, and that kind of helps create their sexual expectation of girls. Mm-hmm. And like when you're like 13 and like every 14 and you enter your first relationship or something and like maybe like that's also what girls expect that they need to be like as well and then that creates all these like kind of dynamic yeah expectations and like young relationships when you're still very vulnerable and you're developing yeah exactly and so like i think that's kind of um something that i've always found a bit concerning Mm, yeah it's like all these things that kind of add up to what um it, it's it's teaching young boys how what a healthy relationship should look like and what healthy behavior should look like yeah right yeah even when it's like not about because like some people i mean i think most people who watch porn they're like saying like this is my sexual desire not my like romantic desire but mm. then they some of them are very elaborate and they create like romantic scenarios, right? Like, or like they. Step sister needs to clean the pool. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know man. Dude, that, hey, okay, this... incest porn is an actual, like, uh, Eric Weinstein had a porn star and his whole angle was like, oh, obscenity, freedom of speech. And I was kind of like, okay, whatever, Eric. But, but, but he talked about, like, statistically, incest porn has gone so far up. Um, like and you, I don't you know, know that there's a like there's a market for it. There are actually like sickos who like look that shit up. We don't it's, judge. <laughs> no, yeah, it's definitely not wholesome. I'm kink shaming. Yeah, <laughs> but every episode, the I, interesting, get, I get one kink shame. Yeah, the the interesting thing about that is I've heard that you can just ignore the the they say like okay step brother or whatever. And then you can ignore that for the rest of it. So it's almost like it doesn't affect the people who aren't into it. Yeah, I mean... Okay. But it's, it's weird. It's weird. And, it's, like, it's I, very I weird. get the, like, obscenity, freedom of speech argument. And, like, obviously, like, I don't know. Like, I think that's not the issue, though, when it comes to mm-hmm. pornography. It's, like, first of all, you have these testimonies from these actresses that are, like, talking about when the consent is a bit murky. Mm-hmm. And, like, or they say, like, I can't perform this scene unless I'm, like, drugged up. Mm-hmm. And then, like even if you're not talking about like arresting whoever is involved like it's not really a matter of like arresting the people it's kind of more like what kind of uh like system are we in when this is like yeah a thing that's going on like let's enabling it or like what kind of precarious economic situations are people in that they would like have to harm themselves and like in order to make a living i think that's the issue when i was um when i was in college i did a um, it was part of some some event, some uh, like a social justice type thing. I did a, a research presentation on uh, human trafficking. Yeah. Right, and um, 
you know, there were a lot of things that were telling me, like kind of pointing towards or leading me to suggest, excuse me, that that a lot of porn is like like there are people being forced into that that we don't we don't actually know if it's consensual or not, mm-hmm. right? When you're watching it on I don't yeah. know, the on your phone or something like that. I don't know what the yeah. the legality or the of it is mm-hmm. like or if it's more or if it's safer or more um acceptable when when it's like a paid the paid subscriptions or whatever but there's <laughs> there's so much yeah. of it now yeah it's you have no idea regulate, right? yeah. like there's a lot so when i was in college i i did a lot of stuff on um like i worked in feminist legal theory and stuff and okay. so i looked up some i had to like do some research on pornography for a bit yeah and um, there was a Did you watch of, porn? No, I didn't. I some independent research. I've always been kind of <laughs> repulsed by porn. Maybe this is like maybe part of it was Catholic school like getting to me in the inside. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like I just never really felt the need to watch it. Like I think that like I don't know if it's because for girls like it's easy to like get sex if you want. <laughs> so it's yeah. Like, and uh, so I've never felt like I'm in a stage of sexual deprivation, and I, I, so I've never felt like I needed pornography. But um, I don't know. Some chicks are into porn, I guess. But anyway, some of the one of the laws I was looking at was with like um, Catherine McKinnon, who's a legal legal scholar in the states, and she was like not arguing for banning porn, but allowing. It was a law that would give an avenue for women harmed by porn to like seek restitution. Yeah. And I feel like that might be the most viable option, like instead of it having a blanket ban on mm-hmm. it, because obviously then that gets you can't ban it. It's still gonna happen, right? It's... Yeah, and yeah, also like free safe. speech protections and stuff like that. Eric would get upset. Yeah, sorry, Eric. <laughs> uh, uh, um... <laughs> I was yeah. reading through Nassim Taleb's Twitter last night. <laughs> I just like reading through it. I think right. it's really funny. Do you know who he, who he no, is? No, I don't. He's, um, he's this Lebanese scholar. He's a mathematician. Okay. And he's very opinionated. I would love to have him on the pod. Yeah. Um, he has a rule. He won't go on any podcast that has Sam Harris on it. Really? Yeah. He so has, we got to get him on first. He's, um, he, yeah, we have to get okay. him on here. He's, um, he has like this term he uses in his book called IYI. It's called intellectual yet idiots. And so it's like people who are public intellectual. He doesn't like people who are public intellectuals that like are like obsessed with like rationality and stuff like that. Cause he thinks that they're like fake or he calls them phonies and people were replying being like, yes, Nassim, we know you read catcher in the rhyme. <laughs> um, but no, he's, he's genuinely like a smart guy, but he has a beef with, um, he got mad at Brett Weinstein because Brett made a joke about Christianity, but he's friends with his brother. So I thought that was really funny. I was like looking at their maybe they're not friends. Like don't quote me on that. But he called like his no. They're solid. I think they're friends. Yeah. They're friends. Yeah. And then the other guy, he was like, oh well, like if you criticized any other religion the way that you could make fun of Christianity, like you would get in so much trouble. And I was like, mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> mm. Thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're a Middle Eastern Christian. So. Yeah, white mm. Christians too, though. 
No, no we but, can make fun of you guys. No, no yeah, you can. yeah, you can. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm it's so much time. more protective of Middle Eastern Christian, maybe because like that's like my family. So right. I'm like, and like they're dealing with like ISIS and shit. It's, so I'm always just like, don't you dare! Like when people talk shit about Middle Eastern Christians. It's time the white Christian male caught a break in this country. I, <laughs> <laughs> I guys, that. come on, I'm, come on. I am. Yeah, whereas, like, here I grew up as, like, this edgy-ass atheist, and I'm like, all religions deserve to be equally ridiculed, and like, <laughs> reading Christopher Hitchens and religious yeah, yeah. Facts. Um That's a flex and a half nobody noticed. <laughs> That's a flex and a half nobody noticed, I said. Reading Hitchens? Yeah, you're like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, I was reading it when I was in grade 12 religion class wow. once. Who and, was your teacher? Um, LeBlanc, and... LeBlanc. And uh, no disrespect if he's listening, uh, we're on fine terms, but but yeah, so we... Uh, <laughs> you listen to beef with STA teachers every episode? No. <laughs> Twitter wars. Genuinely fine with every STA teacher. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it, it was really funny because I remember we had a, a youth catechism called the UCAT. Yes. It was yes. yellow, right? It was like yeah. a yellow book. So I was reading this book by Hitchens, and the cover was yellow. Yeah. And I was I I remember just being like an edgy shithead in religion class, and I just started reading the Hitchens book, and uh, my teacher was like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "It's the U cat." Ha ha. Like I thought that was so clever. Do you believe you? No, he was oh. like it, it. clearly had a picture oh. of Hitchens on the cover. Like it was like not. <laughs> okay. But but yeah, then now I'm like embarrassed about all my atheist escapades. I mean, I'm like, still an atheist. It's funny. It must have been more grade 11, 12, because we never talked religion when we were grade 10. Did we? Oh, definitely. I don't remember it, uh, that. I, I had my edgy atheist phase from, like, grade 8 to 12, I would say. It's, it's okay being embarrassed if you were in high school. It's, yeah, it's that's okay. true. It's just that's a sign true. of growth, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think of who it was. I don't even know. Yeah, it was definitely, like... Pretty much the same. Oh my god. So then now, I think when I see people like Sam Harris, I feel embarrassed because that they remind me of who I was in high school. Like edgy atheist. Yeah, and like, I, and like they were who I was really interested in in high school, so mm. I just have like this visceral reaction to like even though like I'm fine with mocking religions, but I've definitely eased up on it because I feel like I need to like repent for my shittiness in high school I'm yeah. like mom God's not real she's like okay honey like, okay <laughs> is, is God real um so wow I think um he's like a figure in a social imaginary I don't think he's like metaphysically real but yeah oh, okay like I think it's more like an evolutionary strategy that we've like come up with to like organize ourselves socially so, like, the form that God's taken throughout history yeah. has, like, depended on, like, how we've needed to, like, socially organize ourselves. That's Matt, argue like. that God is real, please. I need saving. If I was in a better mood, I would. But... I, I, man, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I've, been, I've been questioning everything recently. I'm just, I'm very much in a weird place, spiritually, quote, unquote. You I know? think it's like like if yeah, you have like a yeah. personal okay. relationship, like a personal spiritual relationship where you're just like using that to like better yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I want to know if God is real. You know, if anybody knows, hit me up in the comments. But it just kind of depends on like what you see as 
god, you know what I mean? Like the the big white guy with the beard. Yeah, <laughs> but like the right. God is God. Come on, everyone knows what God is. No, but the thing is, is like God means like different I love things. So different. Love is not God. The, the idea of God, I think, is nice because then there's like. In afterlife, but that sucks too. But that's not in every religion. Because there's so much. There's so much. I'd rather there not be a god, so there's less ethical consequence to my actions. Yeah, but I think that. uh, I don't know if like I. I remember, like reading this really, interesting quote, and it was like, "Everything is permitted now, but nothing is possible." I think I should. Oh no no, who said that? Like a Marxist. Okay, fine. When you start, Paul said something like, "Everything is be- permitted, but not everything is beneficial." And you were, you were, you were riffing on like what was allowed. Yeah. At your dorm in in McGill, and I showed you that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And you were like, "Oh, okay," and I was like, "Oh, wow." She like, you know. The, the problem is, is like even in religion, ethics have been inconsistent. You know, Fuck. like even like. Christians haven't always thought the same things about what was ethical. Like, there's a passage in the Bible endorsing abortion at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, uh, cut it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> in cases of infidelity. Um, oh. But... Yeah, and, like, the, like, anti-abortion sentiment didn't really pick up until, like, the 70s, like, the 1970s. Oh, fuck, we can talk about abortion. No, we don't need to, but I'm just saying, like, an, an example, like... Ethics are always, like, religious ethics are always dependent on the social context that they're, politics. That, these, that these religions are operating under, right? Like, it's never been... There is a, there is a chance, though, that they are tending towards perfection. Aquinas time. And, and moving forward as we get, we go along. But, but I think, like, there's a reason why, like, for instance, like, the two, two of the biggest Christian thinkers, like, Augustine and Aquinas, right? Mm-hmm. They have very different views on like how a Christian ought to live in a political society, and I think that the reason why it's different is because they were writing in different periods. Yeah, like Augustine was writing in a time where like everything was going to shit, mm-hmm. whereas like like the Roman Empire is falling and everyone was like different time and they have different personalities. Yeah, that too. And so maybe they're not so different as they would appear at the very, you know what I mean? But I, I just think like, there's a lot of historical contingencies yeah. that would determine. This is what I'm scared of. I don't know shit about any of these people. I'm pretending, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Follow my shit. Um, no, I don't know. I, like, <laughs> maybe we don't need to get into, like, super deep. Should we talk about patrons? Patrons? What? Yeah, if you donate to their Patreon, you, Mila, I, Mila has Patreon. Mila has willing patrons. I need some, so hit me up. Please. I will, I will sing Give you a full lullaby rope. and tuck you in bed. That will be a, our tier one. I will do tier one. That will sing you a lullaby. I will do asthma Bible readings. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think one of the, the things we discussed last episode was they can see our Facebook conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. We were like, we have the most interesting <laughs> Facebook <laughs> conversation. <laughs> they were like, yeah. we were like talking about John McAfee, <laughs> like. He's running. Yeah, John McAfee is running for president. I thought you'd hate him. Did you not know that he got in trouble for, like, shitting on some women in South America? No, like, he's a piece of shit, for sure. Who's John McAfee? What? Who's who's that? He's, uh, first of all, he's not going to win, so, like... I I don't know, dude. Biden versus McAfee? For the Libertarian Party in the U.S. They never win that many That's who I'd vote for. 
Yeah. I mean, like, Independent. I don't think he's any more of a piece of shit than Biden is. So right. it's not like. It's just a different kind. Third parties are the future. Honestly, of yeah. North America always will be. Is that a thing? Hmm? Are you referencing a big school of political thought? No. Oh, okay. Um, I like third parties. I feel good about that. Yeah, I do too. I, I think, like, people should be less afraid of voting third parties. Yeah, fucking. Um, cucks. Gary Johnson, though, I'm gonna miss that now. Gary Johnson. He was gonna run, like, he didn't run this year for the Libertarian Party. <laughs> yeah. um, one of my favorite, like, moments in US political yeah. history is, like, in an interview, they were talking about Syria. Yeah. And they asked him, like, um, about Aleppo, and he didn't know what Aleppo was. Oh, city no. Syria. Did he just admit it? And yeah, he's like, what's Aleppo? So first of all, I'm like happy that he just admitted it because so many politicians don't admit just, about this shit. Yeah, they dodge it, yeah. But my favorite part of it was then afterwards he was like, well, since I don't know where Aleppo is, I can't bomb it. So that's like the, that, that would be the benefits of me being the president. And I was like, all right. All right. <laughs> credit where credit's I, due. During one of the Democratic debates, they were going off about licensing of cars, and he was, they yeah. all like had this huge speech. And he was did like, you, wait, Did yeah. you see that guy? Like, I'm that da 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 libertarian. I'm that. He's like, Why don't we just, like, like spy on people while we're at but yeah it was really extreme but and then, then he's like well I think there should be some kind of uh, licensing, licensing and people started booing him <laughs> 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 I love watching the libertarian debates holy like, shit the dress like, code there's a libertarian things. debate yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like know the how big they are wow but really the, the dress code for those things is bad it's like like midwesterners descended of like english and scottish descent wearing like those those dad what are those things shoes called the dad uh, new balances oh, like no. the, the crowd looks oh, yeah. very no. like not people basically but just Come like on, oh. um i have to say something completely unrelated is that this drink um yerba mate that oh, i'm fucks. drinking word from our sponsors it's so caffeinated i oh, can't believe it and now i kind of get why che liked it so much because he needed to be so hyped to like get it I mean also he had that cultural nostalgia because it's like from his homeland but like it's like very um, like this is just a small can and I feel so like and I, I don't usually get this kind of caffeinated so um, if anyone wants to like get that caffeinated drink here but mate I'll try it also my, my mom texted me back she said she's she said no thank you she's not gonna she be on the pod she doesn't we want to do a dad's episode because in our group chat we talk about what the dads dad politically believe. Oh my goodness. I know. And then my I want dad to do, come on here. That'd be sick. I he want to do a dad's episode he, and then a mom's episode. My dad would not. My mom might, but my dad would never come on a podcast. Seriously, my, my dad, I think, would be really interesting yeah. here because him, him and his entire family, like, they're from Alberta, right? And all of his brothers and sisters all worked for Big Oil. Like all their, their livelihood I'd love all to propagate that <laughs> on, on the, the big oil I'd love to hear that point of pipeline. view yeah well every time we talk about like um, things like you know with the protests happening right mm-hmm. he's like there he brings up the point that there are you know people's livelihoods in like Winnipeg and like mm-hmm. kind of the interior um, it's, it's, it's their it's jobs a right position i my my boyfriend is from alberta and mm-hmm. like, i hear about this issue a lot and yeah. like ways of say like obtaining energy is going to um like make other forms of energy obsolete and then it's going to screw over but like that happens in a ton of industries all mm-hmm. the time right 
And so then the issue becomes not like pro-oil people versus not pro-oil people, but it's like like the precarity of like jobs under capitalism. And, yeah. Like, and like how, you know, like so many people, like their their livelihoods are very precarious and it has to do with like us not, you know, having jobs guarantees or like stuff like that and so it ends up being federal jobs guarantee well it it ends up pitting people against each other who are otherwise could be on the same side you know like yeah oh interesting yeah yeah like obviously like the bosses of the oil companies don't have the same interests as the workers of the oil Mm -hmm. companies right like absolutely and so yeah i think like it works to the bosses advantage to sort of pit two marginalized groups against each other so like working class oil workers and indigenous people and indigenous people yeah um one thing though that i think is interesting is like even like if you're pro pipeline there were alternate routes proposed that mm-hmm. weren't going through the indigenous reserves and then people mm-hmm. didn't want those yeah so it's like this whole thing could have been avoided i can't sort out what the like people talk about hereditary chief versus elected officials. Mm-hmm. I can't make any sense of that. We should have, and it just feels like bullshit when I read it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We need, this is like a huge. I, one of my friends is a scholar of indigenous politics. Okay. She's indigenous, and she writes specifically about this stuff. Yeah. Apparently, the elected chief thing is it's from the Indian Act, right? Yeah, it's enforced by the Canadian government. Yeah, it's not inherent. It's to, part of Canada, though. I mean, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, it's but it's inherent to. Like it's not a part of like um like the their, their culture, yeah. yeah. Um so I mean none of us are knowledgeable enough to really talk about it, to be honest. Like I I don't know much about like the hereditary laws and stuff like that, and neither do you or no, you me, right? no, so, no way. So I think it would be okay. cool to have someone like on to discuss it. Like I can probably put some articles in, but um yeah, one of my friends she like knows her shit. Shout out to Kelsey. <laughs> I, I would really like to, like, be more informed about it, mm-hmm. right? Because there's just a lot of information, misinformation that yeah. gets spread around. Yeah. Well, these companies are paying so much money for promoted ads. Like, yeah. I see them so much. And it's just, like, so much of it is just, like, just total BS. I, I, see, I sense so much BS from my peers on Facebook, though. Yeah. And it, it turns me against them when I see repeated, like stuff that feels like bullshit coming from people my age. Right. And it's like, if if someone, if one of them were to, like, know their stuff and talk to me in person, I would probably, like, totally be convinced. But when I'm inundated with, like, Facebook stuff that kind of feels like bullshit, it pushes me the other way. Just kind of Here's the thing, is, like, I think part of the discourse is being, like, people are saying, like, the anti-pipeline people, they're, like, saying, okay, well, you're not doing well at getting people on your side. Mm. But I think that we're past that point. Like, it really doesn't matter if, like, laymans like us are on their side. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really do much because, like, these companies have such a veto over our Mm. own government that, like, unless you and I have material wealth to back Mm -hmm. that and the same, which we don't, Mm -hmm. then, like, we're not really gonna be like like our support isn't useful anyway um other so than it's like, fine i don't have to worry well no 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 i think other than putting our bodies out there that's oh, the only fuck. but oh, like putting my body for a cause i'm so confused about like i'll fight you or cmp um, i think no i mean whatever like but i'm saying like i think the rhetoric of like 
you're not going to get anyone on your side as misguided because it's like the issue isn't about numbers it's about power so it's like okay the issue right now is that like the most powerful people are in the pockets of the government like that's the main we, we sort of had that conversation like a little while ago about just the fact that like how much can we realistically how much change can we realistically hope to achieve yeah. in like a two or three or i guess here four party system that's all kind of in the pocket of of big corporations right? you know what would help with that is a universal basic income as per <laughs> andy yang's proposal yang gang uh, absolutely yang. 100 um right or die i i think that would be a good episode to have like on ubi i like it's a very interesting proposal but think uh, about what twelve thousand dollars a year could do for the indigenous people of canada but I think also like developing like like making sure the reserves of like clean water is pretty important too. That clean water is yeah. generally pretty important. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes like having like like individual income like that might not like get that like it might help, but I don't know if that would like get it done. But imagine like the they could take on like private business projects with with like a sum of capital. I feel you know like how that empowering would, that would be? But that would take so like I feel like a lot of that's like wishful thinking. I don't. I think like people know how to spend their own money better than any government. That's Individuals might know how to spend their money on their personal things, but in terms of like getting things done through the community. And I know this like working through a nonprofit. Because you have exactly like, so give it to the people. No, the city of Vancouver, like the the government, like no, but but exactly. So the city of government, a collective, doesn't spending doesn't spend money efficiently. No, I'm saying they spend it more efficiently than the private family foundations in terms of like like addressing community problems because they have people from all different kinds of backgrounds who are like well versed and like they're social planners, like they're well versed in the kinds of problems. Like they spend their days. That's their their vocation their mm. job yeah like it's 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 such a principle in the downtown I, east side right they're also like the the capital is concentrated in their hands and so like you end up kind of having to like bow down to them to get anything done mm. it's kind of it's bureaucratic but it's kind of but exactly so individuals spend money more efficiently than any institution especially governmental like public servants they have almost I don't see how no... that follows from what i was saying yeah, no, no. <laughs> because it just give homeless people money. Yeah, but I'm not talking about, like, home. I'm talking about addressing, like, giving homeless people money is not really going to, like, provide a place with, like, clean water. I think we should arm the homeless. Yeah, I'm down for that. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, I agree, giving them money yeah. is good, but it's not going to, like, solve everything. And, like... I think you'd be surprised what people could do with You have money. to change the system that, like, makes wealth concentrated in the first place. But the most important aspect <sighs> is that women had better orgasms in the USSR. So is that a is there, is there a citation for that? that yeah, really. Yeah, I'll, I'll link it in the description. It's Please, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like no flack to private family. I know this. You is put like, money in the women's hands; they can have the best I, orgasms. I I I don't know about that. I, Do you think a lot of rich people have like open relationships? Woman. That like I feel like that would be the best way to be a rich person. Yeah. Be, like an open relationship. Like if Jeff Bezos was in an open relationship, then he would still be married. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He just. He cheated on his wife who was there from, like, day one, you know? Like, yeah, I know. She, apparently she had, like, all these ideas for Amazon. Like, she was behind a lot of the, like... Really? Things. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, maybe you need like an intellectual like person and then like a like dumb hot person. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know how they like they operate, but the Bezoses are or rich people. Just like rich people. I think you view rich people as like this weird, like different, totally separate thing, and like it's not that different from. I I, I don't think you've been like in contact with exorbitant wealth. There's a difference between like millionaires and billionaires, for one thing. Oh really? Oh yeah. What's the like billionaires like? Because billionaires is like a hundred million dollars. Like yeah. it's like so the differences there is like just enormous like like in like, their behavior yeah or just the way that you can just drop thousands of dollars without like really even thinking giving, about it yeah like it's just nothing um and just like i think just like the there's like less sort of like anxiety when it comes to dropping money but there's like probably more anxiety when it comes to like status and like how you're viewed by others and stuff like mm. that i'm not like making a moral assessment of that i'm really not interested in that like i'm not interested in like evaluating people's like personal moral morality like, it's being. so inevitable that we do that though yeah but who cares like and i'm more interested in like the macro like systemic the, the personal is the political i i don't know we can talk about okay that what else should we let's talk but, about music again okay music's pretty great huh music One, music three, sucks. five oh it does start to fuck suck music. sometimes fuck music yo so so what do you find like i find when i'm writing music i get really like annoyed with my songs really fast oh good question what do you think do you like your songs <laughs> i love i love them i love I, them. I like some of the songs sometimes um i look back at songs that we've written like way because like, we wrote a lot of shitty songs before we played the one like on last week or the week before whatever like the ones you heard those were the process of like maybe like two and a half years of like trial and error which is a lot of it and i also think that for me personally now i'm like there's a certain um character profile i want to fit when i'm writing songs okay interesting which affects um how they come out yeah you know um, and it's it's a lot more fun. It kind of gives you more. I don't know. It makes it more interesting. Yeah, totally. So, are you kind of writing as a character? In a way, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. super nuanced kind of question. Yeah. Do you ever have individual lines that you sing that you start to roll your eyes at yourself? Because I do. Like, if I'm playing for people, I'm like, I come to a, a certain paragraph. I'm like, oh fuck, and I like have to just plot. Like, I'm embarrassed about what I wrote, but I don't yeah. know. Maybe if I do that and I haven't recorded the song, I'll just change it. Okay, like songs... on the fly. Yeah. So... Or well, I mean, I'll. Go or back. yeah, you you work on your songs actually. Yeah. And that must like, be great. Songs. The some of the songs I've written on the EP, um, I look back. I'm like, ah. I, yeah. I, I honestly, I wasn't very like, I wasn't entirely happy with the way it turned out. Really? Yeah. Interesting. No, I wasn't. I, I thought it was good. I, it, it was, it was, a, it was solid. It was very safe. Yeah. You know, it's very much, um, we, we had no idea what we were doing going into the, yeah. the studio for the first time, right? Like an actual fucking It's studio. so hard and I always felt so unwelcome. Like, you, like I always felt like I was pretending when I went to actual studios and like everyone could tell I had no idea what I was doing. So that puts you in a weird place. I, I don't know. Was it like that for you? Or were you pretty comfortable? It was, well... 
it was better because all four of us were in the same boat. Yeah. And it was just all four of us and our producer. Mm-hmm. And our producer, great guy. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Love him. He's probably never going to listen to this. So it's cool. He's just, he's very much, um, has a certain, um, he's very much a dad rocker. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. very much a boomer in that sense. <laughs> and so he has a certain vision for what we should sound like. And now I'm kind of like, this is not what I want us to sound like. Yeah. Right. What would you do differently? That's a huge one. I also want to point out that if there's divisions in your band and then you go into the studio, like the divisions come like, because the insecurity is so on display. That was my experience. And every time I've been to the studio. Well, now we, we go in anytime we're, we're planning on going in next week to do some more recording and we get together and we're like, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. This is what we, we we're, we're looking for references from other songs is like, I want it to sound like this, mm. you know? And like, like one thing specifically, for example, was like the drums. Okay. The drums were processed in a way that it was like they were recorded. And then each part, like the snare and the kick had a sample on top yeah. of it to yeah. make them sound like big. Oh and like, man. It was like the fucking like Michael Bay of like, Drum production. This is what what happened on Mother's Milk, to use a Chili's reference. If you think about those huge guitars and that, if you think about the song uh, Higher Ground, yeah, you know the, like you can hear the samples restarting. I don't know. He used that, the Chili Peppers as a reference. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which era though? There's so many. There was like Mother's Milk, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. Right, right, okay. Right? And, um, in, in like Billy Idol for whatever reason. Okay, I don't know anything I, about Billy I, Idol. Me neither, right? <laughs> I'm kind of just very uh, low end, um, big drum sound, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mac wasn't really allowed, or he wasn't the guy didn't let him play with his tone at all. You know, like Ugh. he Mac really wanted to try a whole bunch of different things because yeah. he's he's got this amazing mind. You know, he just wants to try all these. It's different things and an experiment and because he's a creative player yeah and you know he'd try and change something the guy would change it back and and yeah <laughs> right? and he he's not he's like oh well i don't know if it's my place to yeah to do that because this guy is basically like i can help make you songs that are going to get you on the radio right that was his thing yeah he's like you want to be on the radio right this is this is the perfect way to do it this is you know but now i'm like i don't who gives a shit about the radio me yeah. personally me personally I don't who give a shit who the, the fuck listens to the radio holy fuck I it's all about like interesting it's all about the yeah. internet right yeah. like I, and, I think you guys are really strong live like yeah. you want to put on the show yeah I like I brought my brother to see your gig and he oh, yeah. usually go to like rock shows yeah and he was really impressed like he was just like yeah. that's that sick good. right yeah. like and I just wish that there was a way. I oh, wish fuck. there was a way to capture that, but also do it in a way that I like will enjoy listening to it. Yeah, there's only maybe like one or two songs that I actually enjoy listening to on the re- on the EP? On, on the record. Yeah. What's your favorite song on the record? It's either the Emperor. Yeah. Or. November State of Mind. Okay. I think The Emperor is my favorite, too. I think it's the best one. Yeah, it's very, like, I don't know, like, it's very feels for me. I was like, okay, like, I, like, don't know. Do you, are you comfortable talking about this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, like, what, 
is well, it? Well, we so know. so there was a song "Back to Black" by Amy Winehouse yeah. that we completely <laughs> stole. It reminded, of, uh, it reminded me more of like you know I'm no good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, sorry. You know I'm no good. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll play that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a side by side. You guys, <laughs> right? it, it was essentially it was a song about just this really nasty, toxic, manipulative person that existed in my life. Yeah, that's the, that's the vibe I got. Prior like, to, kind of yeah, and I was like, and they're gone now, and my life is just so much better now yeah. as a result. Yeah, and I think it it pushed me vocally mm-hmm. to sing a song like that. Like that's like, um, I think the hardest I had to work putting down the vocals for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. I, I I think what I really liked about that song is like it had a lot of emotion, like I and I could feel it, you know. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, yeah, like I dig this, like yeah. I I connect with it, like totally, it's good. Yeah. totally. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a good song. We'll we'll put that on. We'll put that on. Um, I I think I remember Ken was you liked Schoolgirls. I love that, that song. That one was very yeah, yeah. nostalgic. I love how I love how sincere the title is, mm-hmm. and I love the song. I love the melody. I, I don't I, I had a feeling you know I was hesitant to bring it up because I had a feeling <laughs> yeah, you like, knew. yeah I was in the past but I love that song well, so much well it's just I was like so petty about like high school yeah I was still so bitter about like just all this dumb shit you know what I mean but but I think it was sincere yeah but it's, it's I, I love like, it it's so, it's so real it was nostalgic maybe I'm, I'm still there because I remember <laughs> being like a yeah. school girl so yeah. to speak and like I'm still it's a time of like huge insecurity when yeah. you're in high school I think should we all like, sing it together no <laughs> I'm good I'm not good it is. Okay. I'm, I'm good um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll do a cover for YouTube. <laughs> it was yeah. You should do like uh, you know what the uh, Buff Tyrell. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> My favorite uh, is when he sings "Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now" by the Smiths, <laughs> and like it's just so good. I'm like this. I I feel it. He's a, he's a Chad. He's, he's a, yeah, very he's, much a Chad. He's a Chad. But I I did like some of your earlier stuff. I remember like it was very Chili's. Yeah, like the the OG stuff. I don't remember like the, the from the but like the before the tapes. record came. Yeah, out. I remember yeah. Rocket Man and Holes. I don't think you do you oh, play either of those anymore. We, we don't play either of them anymore. Yeah, Holes. I, I yeah. thought was one of the best. We're going to bring back K Rambo though. That's oh, yeah, that's, yeah. It's a fan you, favorite. You get the inside scoop because <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I like you guys. <laughs> you heard it here first. The guy, we're with this independent label right now, and. um I mean, maybe I'll talk a little bit more about it off the record, but like, um, the guy was like, well, this is the song that kind of attracted me to you guys. Interesting. And like the one that I show it to everybody and they're like, wow, like this is a great song. Right. And so we're just, we're going to re-record it in the studio. It's pleasant. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It is pleasant. I, it's, I, it's, it's the way you played it at the gig. I loved it. I, I really wanted to change it to try and not change it entirely, but change it to fit the black Pontiac sound and not just be like a hmm. little pop diddle. Like a cute little sad boy. Yeah. Yeah. It I was, don't know. I, I think in my music, I like to embrace the just like sad boy vibe. But it's, see, I think one thing that drives my creative energy right now is the fact that I want to be, the opposite of that not because, a sad boy because we've everybody, talked about this a bit actually everybody fucking the does it parking lot. Yeah, everybody yeah, like fucking non, does it the non-threatening male that's where the, yeah, yeah. exactly the non-threatening <laughs> the skater boy fucking you know like 
that's that's the going back to like the whole character thing right yeah 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 yeah. yeah. It's like, oh i see it now with the I, way you dress on stage the way it's like a whole thing it's a whole thing i, yeah. I just I, I would like to be the opposite of that person yeah and, yeah it's the culture needs that and and kind of kind of a dick yeah no we, like, we need assertive we need assertive male figures right now <laughs> i'll say that and we need larger than life performers yeah i agree in rock and no more of this we don't have good greasy hair in rock I, I think about i think about tyler the creator a lot yeah early yeah, yeah. tyler the creator yeah. i'm like what would tyler do I right used now to be obsessed with early tyler in high school i can see that i, I can see you man. listening to goblin yeah and fucking, oh man i was like yeah no one understands i'm an atheist i'll worship I satan yeah, fucking. yeah exactly fuck school yeah kill people burn yeah yeah burn shit. School, yeah fucking. that shit was too hardcore for me i, I remember yeah. jordy showed it to me and i was like yeah okay guys oh, i used to but love like it. i like it now i think more yeah i i i don't know i totally like I think for me, I went through different musical phases where, like, first I was super fucking emo and, like, sad. And then I was like, okay, that's not cool to be, like, a sad boy. So then I stopped. Mm -hmm. And then I embraced it, like, ironically. Yeah. And then now I'm, like, just trying to be sincere. Yeah. Well, let's let's bump mics. (laughs) Sincerity. But it's hard. It's hard (laughs) when you're writing music because, like, for me... When I write stuff, like, I have no problem being like, aha, like, life is shit, but I don't like to get into the details, like, yeah, when I write stuff. Right. I think that's why I, like, respected the Emperor as, like, a tune, because I was like, okay, like, I can see this narrative playing out. Like, mm. and we all know that kind of shitty person, like. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. like. Shout out to you. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, like, I, I tried writing songs about, like, experiences and i have a very hard time not making it abstract you know what i mean like i always try to make it like uh, or like i get ironic about it and just go like ah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh but yeah i don't know so i think that's good bring back sincerity in music I, I think about a guy like um frank ocean okay. that's that's a guy i've taken a lot of um or i've, I've been listening to a lot of frank ocean recently mm-hmm. and just how he's able to take that it's something like like when you listen to Channel Orange, yeah. there's a story there, but it's also abstract, yeah. but you also can understand what's going on, mm. and there's like a, a balance, Yeah, you know? That's good. I, I remember like when I, in one of the first songs I ever like put on SoundCloud, and I remember like talking about it with Ken, and he was saying how like he has like a hard time understanding like the lyrics yeah because it, it was just me being very like abstract but it was about something that i thought was very genuine but i just yeah. couldn't like say articulate it. it i couldn't say it in like simple terms it was right. just very like tied up and like yeah this, absolutely like, um sort of like i don't know and i was more trying to paint like an aesthetic picture than like a substantive one maybe and, mm-hmm. but i wanted to tie it together if that makes sense i don't oh. know Totally. I'm um I'm in a bit of like a rough patch with music. <laughs> Mostly because I don't have proper recording equipment. Yeah. So I just record like on my phone. Is there anything you do like every day? Like what's your yeah? Like what do you what do you do like? to make yourself like? Record? Um. So I got Ableton Live recently. Frick I've yeah. just been starting like making beats. Are you succeeding? Um. It sounds like you are. I don't know if I'm like succeeding, but like I can't figure Ableton out at all. I'm I well, I took a weekend workshop. Oh, in it cool! That kind of walked me through the basic, 
mm-hmm. kind of workflow of it. Yeah. And so I kind of just do that. And I want to make a mixtape, actually, because I've taken a bunch of... i got a record player, right? And so I've been Fuck taking yeah. samples oh from my God. Yeah, the record player. My, my sample, like, my sampling's shit. It's really bad, but I'd like to be able to get really good at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't even know how sampling can be bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like you... I only have one um, input, one of, one of these input things okay. in my audio interface, and you're yeah. supposed to get two for the record player. Mm. So for like each channel for like because uh, you, you want to do stereo not mono otherwise it's going to sound like shit right right and all mine sound like shit lo-fi yeah I'm lo- lo-fi are you into lo-fi right? pardon are you into lo-fi not really no okay no, so I, the, okay I'm, I, I want to make a psychedelic project damn like cloud rap or like something interesting um, like experimental like like testing sick I don't you, know testing. You know no. ASAP Rocky. No, I don't know. I really like that album. It got it got really hated on. Yeah, I know. I thought it was good. I liked it. It's on my running playlist. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought like I appreciate the way that he is trying to experiment, like experiment with the sonic soundscapes. Yeah. Even though his his the deepness of his lyrics leaves something to be desired sometimes. Yeah, I especially guns and butter. Guns and but. guns for my butter. Yeah. I love that one. I but like he has like a narrative in it too, where he talks about like his parents like religions. Like I, your parents I totally missed that. Religions. Yeah. Damn. Because um, he said his like dad became a Muslim when he was in prison, which is like some some for some reason like a common thing. Which, Interesting. Yeah, I know. I never. I don't really get that because like when I think of Muslims, I think of like, like my grandmother who's like. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I guess like if there's a lot of black people in prison, yeah, and there's like I, it's like a rejection of like American hegemony. Yeah, I think yeah. if America, white Christianity. Yeah, I think if America didn't spend so much time like trying to walk up being hysterical about Islam, then it wouldn't be appealing to a lot of people because it would mm. just be like seen as like another kind of Christianity. Yeah, like it's it's not very different, and like I think it's more like. People see it because it's been painted as an antithesis to Christianity, both by, like, ISIS and then by, like, the U.S. government. Yeah. So then now it's, like, appealing to people who are, like, angry at America. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's my edgy atheist coming in. There are some genuine theological differences. But... Right. No, well, that makes sense. But, yeah, that's kind of my hot take of the day. Hot take of the day. Um... Should we talk about the dementia? I, do you do do you do something? Any is like do you work on music every day? Is there like a routine that you have? I, I I don't have a routine per se, but I try to do something. Whether it's play piano, yeah, or play a little guitar, or make a make a beat. I I feel like I'm at a learning plateau with the instruments that I'm playing, which is frustrating. So the Ableton stuff is good mm-hmm. in that sense. Cause you can yeah. just play with the synths and like, like, I don't know when you, when you're tripping on acid and you just play the one, the one note for like five minutes and you're like, this slaps, yo. Like, When's that coming out? Great. You should release yeah. that. Um, <laughs> Lead single. This is my psychedelic project. Um, that really got me into like playing music yeah. for fun, you yeah. know, cause I used yeah. to just take piano lessons as a kid and I never really was into like playing it for myself. I wish that I had gotten into music at a younger age. Really? Mm-hmm. I saw yeah. a lot of people doing it and thought, like, wow, that's cool, but it's never, like, 
It's just for whatever reason, I don't. I don't. You haven't seen Peach Pit yet. I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Peach Pit. You need sometimes that like. But like, it's just I. I think now like music is like an obsession for me. Like I try to listen. Yeah. I just consume music. Yes. At a at a. What did you listen to? So um, I've been listening to a lot of world music. Like okay. I, I like I picked up a book the other day called like a thousand recordings to listen to before you die. And I just kind of flip through it and find interesting things. And um, so I listened to this. Um, uh, what was his name? Fela Kuti. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Afrobeat. Afrobeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, the other one was Hugh Mandel. Okay. Uh, Africa Must Be Free by 1983. Like roots reggae type stuff. Yeah. You only wrote that album when he was 16. Right. Like he was like trying to like. Um, you know, unite Africa and under one oh, socialist nation as I need like a cause. A sixteen year old, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, that, that's true actually. But but I also I've I've heard this like opinion that it's like it's hard to have music that's good politically and also good music because there's some music that not not where would like you this, where would you not put like rage? this Afrobeat stuff, but like sometimes like now i'm talking about like current music because in the past music's political function has been really good i think yeah but is, now... is it just me or was it more obvious like in the long way ago maybe it just seems that way in the lens of history but like like now there's some kind of cringe stuff <laughs> yeah unless you're, what's like... cringe let's let's take some shots like, we need to be really uh... blow this oh tom mcdonald if tom i McDonald? was black okay you yeah, know that guy cringe. do you know tom mcdonald no. Oh my god. What does he say? Well, he I'm started. Scared. No, man, him. you gotta look this guy up. He is like a fucking piece of work, man. <laughs> yeah. He is like, he's like, um, he started out as like, you know, the the white persecution complex guy. Yeah. And now he's like the white guilt guy. Oh, no. It's like shit like that, and he's got like blonde easy dreadlocks. Line. Sounds so like he'd be spitting and like. Oh, it's just the worst, yeah, man. It's just cringe. I think for me, it's not like that. It's outrageous. It's just like I, it's like almost like sad and yeah. like, like secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. Wait, like, but who 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 writes good bad political music? Well, like from you, I want to know good political music. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, Ken, look, Kendrick Lamar is an example. It's of only so political. political. It's not that political. Yeah, though. but that's to, why to it's, it's like just the right. I guess amount. I think. But, to, sorry, continue. No, no, you go on. No, I just found that like To Pimp a Butterfly for me it was like like the perfect album, like the greatest album of all time. Yeah, it's you know eye I mean? opening. It's just like and it's like I, for me like rap music, I think when I when I got into rap music, it was really um I didn't really understand it, but it definitely was one of the factors that led me to becoming more aware of of racial and social political kind of issues that people of color face yeah. in society. Yeah, I guess I meant it wasn't political like intricately. It was like black people shouldn't be abused by police. I don't know that that. It, that's... It's a, I mean, so I think it's a little more nuanced than that. Like the album itself. Okay, yeah. can you tell me? Because um, talk, it's like he he takes into like the emotional toll that it takes. Like yeah, he talks about like well, there's like survivor's guilt coming out of like a neighborhood like that where it's like colorism within like his own people yeah you know? oh that actually did open my eyes he, yeah yeah, yeah. He talks Reflection. about like in a song like um black or the berry yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. it's that's a song like like song. radicalized self-hate right yeah. because i feel like you know you get told you're like a super predator or whatever your yeah. whole life and you start to believe it you know yeah that's 
that's definitely something like colorism is something that I didn't really learn about until later on like yeah. not just in like black communities but in my own like when I went to Lebanon when I was like 13 and I was like or 14 and that, so I was like looking a bit more like you know prime age of like being attractive mm-hmm. or attractive to people or, or when you start to notice that people are attracted to you is around 13 14 and really I, yeah that's the average age of girls like noticing that well, i was such a player when i was 14 but, but i'm just kidding but, no, yeah. so, so i had blonde hair at the time and i'm paler than like most i would say i'm paler than most lebanese people mm-hmm. and like i mean people there are like fairly lighter than like say like north africans but it's still like i'm very light and like i don't go outside (laughs) (laughs) but like i was getting praises for that you know (laughs) and like like, everyone was like saying how they're like envious and like i'd be like oh i want to go like town or something they'd be like no don't like you have a perfect complexion or like um your hair is perfect like you look so good like with blonde hair and so many women there trying to dye their hair blonde and look like wow. european like that's seen as like the pinnacle of, of beauty i mean now people are it's changing and people are like realizing okay like so many different kinds of people can be beautiful or whatever and it's fine but um yeah and like plastic surgery is really common yeah. and stuff like that and so there's like a lot of they sell skin whitening stuff in like the one of the malls in oh, Chinatown. I saw that recently. That yeah, in China and India, I think that's rolling. like skin bleaching. Well, when I was in the Philippines, there were huge like ads for it, like with these Filipino women with like these really white skin. Mm-hmm. It's like as opposed to tanning here, mm-hmm. you want to get like lighter over there, which I thought was so bizarre. Yeah, because I feel like what's the perfect skin tone? What's seen as like beautiful is like put up in like these like pop culture right and so it's always like now it's like not too it used to be being pale as fuck right yeah now it's like being like just tan enough that you might look like you're glowing but not dark enough that like you look like too ethnic or whatever Mm -hmm. for like not dark enough that the fbi is gonna like show up at your door (laughs) an opinion basically right um, dark enough to get randomly randomly selected randomly at the airport selected. yeah exactly so that's kind of like i don't know it's very eye-opening and i think like if you go through your life um not experiencing any problems because of it you don't know it exists and so yeah. then like that's kind of the benefit of music like kendrick's like yeah I, like to bring it back to that it's like it kind of opens eyes of people who wouldn't otherwise know mm-hmm um where i find like political rap like cringy again like i don't want to name anyone because like i respect them as people but like sometimes it gets too um like it almost looks like it's like it's too like the performed yeah or it's like not genuine not that it's not genuine but it's like almost too genuine to the point where i'm like <laughs> Like keep that shit inside. Yeah. No, it's more like you know, like it's too obvious. Like you're spelling yeah. it out too much. But then so much of this comes down to sophistication, like cultural appropriation. If you do it like cleverly, people are like, "That's really cool." Like but if white you do rap it, or something. Well, if you do it obnoxiously, everyone's annoyed. Yeah. But if you do it tastefully, nobody cares. You know something I noticed about cultural appropriation, and like this debate has been having to have to like. We haven't had it to death, and I think now, like, 
most people are giving up on it because it's like kind of hard to like get pissed about it anymore <laughs> unless it's something stupid like mm. the head if you're wearing those headdresses oh yeah could, like yeah. that's just cringe like, yeah yeah like an idiot um but like the I, th- I think one of the reasons why like a lot of people just stopped like caring about it is because like you realize that like the older generations like our parents like immigrant parents don't care but then I can see why it's offensive. But isn't cultural appropriation like the value of diversity? It really, I think it depends, right? Like it depends on if you're mocking or like mocking or doing it genuinely because you like appre- it's cultural appreciation versus think, appropriation. Well, I think. <laughs> yeah, that, no, like, I agree, but it I, does start to sound it, very semantic. Like, yeah, so the problem is, is like as a term, I think a lot of times when cultural appropriation is bad, then you can just describe it as like racism or mockery, and then when it's like like you know what i mean like yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to like define like what's cultural appropriation but not racism like oh, never mind. i don't know i don't like know who? yeah no, no 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 but i'm just saying like like the n-word is like an example of that you know yeah what I mean? like, but then it's like that's a slur yeah. so it's yeah. not really like appropriating a cult. like it's not so like for instance i remember talking about like there was a um a poster of someone wearing like a terrorist outfit or whatever and then someone like an arab guy being like i'm a culture not a costume but i'm like terrorism's not part of your arab culture, culture like yeah. that's like so like it's the issue is that like you're just stereotyping or you're mm-hmm. racist like you're not appropriating something yeah. from the culture for instance when it comes to like arab cultural appropriation a lot of people are like okay well like we're kind of more concerned about our countries being bombed by the US. Right. Also it's like what are you gonna appropriate from Arabs like hummus? It's already been done. <laughs> like so you make the music stupid I don't know. fucking brownie hummus, like yeah. that's a hate crime for me. <laughs> Did they do that? Well, There's some. brownie hummus out now, which is like pick that up. Ew. That's <laughs> not so Okay, so what else would you say? Sorry, I just I, I have to bring the van back to my mom. Definitely. Should we should uh, I, know we were, I know we were supposed to talk about dementia. Yes. Were we? Yeah, that, we're, that we're was... going to talk about the Biden. Oh, fuck. We've been going for like an hour and a half. This is a good legs. Um, but, but yeah, well, next time we'll have We to. forgot to. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, we have too much uh, dementia for... <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. This is great. You were awesome. I was off my game today, but I'll be better next time. Neil, you were awesome. Ken, you were not off your game. You're, you're I, had very a, I had a bad night last night. The good thing about Ken is that he's sincere. I hope to. Yeah. Ken's, All right. Ken's too real for Hollywood. Ken's too real <laughs> for Hollywood. Everyone, That's what I like oh, to say. everyone give your shout out to Ken. <laughs> Um, Please follow Black Pontiac at Black Pontiac Music. Yeah, we'll link them to the bio. Oh, should we talk about your event coming up? Or no? And that yeah. has an event. I have a gig tonight. Oh, well, but you have a. Tonight. I have a gig tonight, but I don't think this is this going up tonight. Like, no, today? Yeah, or maybe so. in my. I'll I'll hurry it. Oh, oh no, I I don't want to announce okay. it. Okay, no event. I mean, I'm planning something, but it's like just, I'm planning a big event. Real Maddie official. Party rockers in the house tonight. That's the real official Maddie official. That's my personal. Yeah. Oh, Sunday. See ya. I'm
and the guns and the girls in the world couldn't save you from that poison stage. You go your way and I'll go mine. I've wasted far too much time. Oh, because this heart is locked in a plastic box. I feel like a stranger looking dead. And I'm a king to pull them, give me any of them. Like too much coke and not enough blood. But here we go again. Take me back every time